Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a third episode of the Bama Baseline Podcast. This week, we've got a fair bit to talk about, including a huge performance from the women's team and a record-breaking performance from their men's team. Uh, this Saturday, Alabama took on unranked Georgia and came out victorious 115-282. Anything you guys noticed from the big game? I mean, I think what everyone noticed is Darius Miles' dunk. I mean, that's what everyone remembers from the end of the game. I mean, I mean, no one expected that. I mean, when I saw that, I personally went nuts. But, um, yeah, that was the one play that stood out, other than Herb Jones playing well throughout the whole game again. Another solid performance from him. Yeah, Grant. exactly, Zach. Uh, of course, the Miles dunk, that was quite impressive and obviously good to see Miles. Uh Getting some minutes out there. Uh, second, like you said, too, Herb Jones getting back, uh, scoring 21 points. That was really big for us. Um, Shackelford and Primo both hitting uh, 19 and 18 points as well. And Quinlory getting 16 with, um, you know, we got five guys in double digits, one of them coming off the bench. What's not the like in this game? You know? Those are great smaller players. Oh, sorry, Jackson. You go. Oh, you're fun. I, I think uh, – Josh Primo's continuing a streak of really, really good games here. Um, I think he's hitting a stride at the right moment. And I I expect him to make some noise come March. And obviously, Herb Jones had one of his best games of the season, shooting a very efficient 7-9 from the field, 3 or 4 from 3, with a total of 21 points. Insane. Definitely one of his best games of the season. And again, Javon Quinterly with 21 points off the bench, 16 points on 4 for 4 from 3. It, it doesn't get better from that off the bench. I think this was a great game for the team as a whole. And I think it gave Nate Oates a much needed opportunity to give some of his younger guys some minutes to see what we to see what he has there. Yeah, I did notice that at the end at the end of the game when we were playing all our younger players. It was good. It was good to see some young players. It was also good to see a big win from our team. We've been playing a lot of close games recently, so we needed this type of win in my opinion. So it was cool seeing all the young guys get out there and our more needed guys getting some rest. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that's just going to be key right now. We got some, you know, non-ranked opponents, the exception of Arkansas coming up on the schedule, but we got some non-ranked opponents for us. Uh, the magic number in the SEC to win it, I believe, is one for us now. I think it's one and we at least tie uh, two to win it all, but – uh, that's going to be important. we got to get Bruner back. That's still something that we're lacking on. Although we rebound pretty well against Georgia, they are somewhat of a smaller team. Um, so that's definitely an issue that is still there. Uh, but overall, you can't complain with 115 points in a big win like that. But it's going to be big for Alabama to get a lot more of these wins down the road so that we can rest and return uh, a lot of guys who are still banged up. Yeah, it is important that we our players get the rest. I think down the road before March, I think Herb Jones and Petty, nah, I mean, they do need some rest, but like if we're in a game that we need to win, like absolutely, I think we should put them in there. But like only put them in there if they really have to. Like you get what I'm saying? Um, I just don't see a point in playing like meaningful minutes unless it's like needed. So, I mean, it's more important that we rest them for March. Agreed. My opinion. Agreed. Um, so moving on, we were supposed to 
Uh, actually, be watching the Texas A&M Alabama game tonight. Unfortunately, that has been postponed due to the inclement weather in Texas. Um, so that game's going to be postponed. We're not really sure when that's going to be or if it will be played. But um, you know, later in the podcast, we'll talk about some upcoming games for the Tide and uh, Vanderbilt on Saturday. Uh, switching over now to the women's side, we had two games. Uh, first starting on Thursday. Uh, Alabama lost to Ole Miss 67 to 62. Uh, just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the general feel of the game, what went wrong, what you kind of thought contributed to this loss. Well, I mean, uh, overall, uh, while Alabama does sport the better record, I do think Ole Miss is one of those sneaky teams, um, especially within the Southeastern Conference. They'll get you if you're not careful. And in this case, uh, they did take down Alabama. Um, if anything, I really truly think it was just an off game for some of these girls. Um, you know, the efficiency from the floor, from the field, from beyond the arc was just poor. Um, they got some of their best performances from the foul line. Um, but overall, just need to look for smarter shots and need to start sinking some of those easier ones. Yeah, I mean, Jackson, you hit all the points that I was thinking. This, in my opinion, was the definition of a trap game because this was a game that, I, in my opinion, I think the women's team should have won. But like you said, the poor shooting, the poor three-point shooting contributed to this loss. And I personally think the team will learn from this and decide not to, like, go into a game with a bad mindset or, like, think it's an easy game to win. If you guys get what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, they needed more production from the field. Can't just win on free throws. Uh, still a good effort, but just not exactly there. And to your point, Zach, I think they did do that. Um, they come out on Saturday. Uh, Jasmine Walker has an absolute day with 41 points. Just absolutely great showing in a 92-78 to 78 win over Auburn. Oh, that was by far one of their most impressive games of the season, especially against an opponent like Auburn. It's always important to handle business against Auburn. There's nothing more important in terms of University of Alabama athletics. And the women's team really handled business. I thought they came back from a poor shooting performance probably about as as well as you could in terms of their performance, shooting 50% from the field and 53% from three. That it's, It's crazy efficient. They had a great game. And again, Jasmine Walker's 41 points in 38 minutes and only on 23 shots is is beyond impressive. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really productive game for Jasmine Walker. Anytime you put up 41, that's going to be quite a game you have. It's, I've never heard of anyone putting up 41 points and saying they've had a bad game. But yeah. Yeah, like you said, they're, they were crazy efficient, shooting over 50% from field and from three, which is crazy in, in any game. But... I think they limited the turnovers as well. They did a good job handling the ball. Uh, but overall, yeah, they shot well. They were efficient. They got to they got to the line. Yeah, they did everything. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they did everything correctly here. This was the exact way you want to bounce back from a, a tough loss, like the Ole Miss loss. Um, you know, it can't, it, another good showing by the tide, this this on the women's side, but a, after this week, you're kind of looking at Alabama basketball with a whole new perspective here. Um, and both teams are playing pretty well heading into March. Obviously, the girls have had some losses along the way, and they're building their way back up to it. But 
with a dominant performance like that for two of your best players, I mean, sky's the limit. I mean, we're just showing that we're just more than a football school. I think everybody's starting to notice that. I mean, we have a ranked men's team and a women's team who's performing very well. So, I mean, I think people are going to look at us now more than just the football school. I, I think, again, you're absolutely correct. Hopefully, hopefully uh, the men's can make a nice deep run in March Madness and really cement themselves as a team to be on the lookout for next season. Um, and again, once you get that out of the way, I think it'll just be a snowball effect in terms of recruiting, uh, coaching upgrades, not hopefully not Nate Oates. I hope he stays here, but in terms of assistant coaching upgrades, scheme upgrades, uh, players wanting to play for you, players giving it their all only good things could come out of a strong, uh, weekend like this for both teams. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't have put it any better than that. Um, like I said, and we'll get into it in the next part, but you know, on the men's side, things are starting to really trend up and starting to come together, um, you know, right before March. I mean, we're getting to the late ends of February and, you know, less than, I mean, less than, as we sit here now, we're three, four, three weeks, four weeks from the SEC tournament tip, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in five weeks from the start of the tournament. So, I think we focus on winning the SEC first before even thinking about the SEC tournament. We need to solidify ourselves as the winners. Yeah, and we definitely have some opportunities to do that coming up, which we'll get to later in the episode. But kind of leading into the next part, Alabama's looking real good for March. Real. Oh, yeah. And we'll tell you exactly why when we come back on part two where we talk All things college basketball news, a little bit of bracketology, rankings, all that and more coming up on part two of Family Based Line. Stick around. Hi, this is Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide, and I love 90.7, the capstone. Welcome back to Bama Baseline. Uh, We're here talking all things college basketball news, rankings, bracketology, you name it, we're here. Um, We first wanted to start off, so we talked about it a little bit earlier with uh, Alabama being postponed. Uh, Several games are being postponed this week due to inclement weather and COVID and whatnot. So um, I just wanted to get your guys' opinions. Obviously, I'm not not the one who's going to say that um, March is in jeopardy because that's not what I think at all. I just wanted to see how you guys were doing, what you thought this week, as crazy as it's been with both the weather and COVID postponements. Uh, I mean, I really didn't expect this game to really happen at all because Texas, as we all know, like is going without power and is going through a bunch like a big winter storm. So, I mean, like I didn't see how it would it, it would be possible for one for us to get there and two to have that game played. So, I mean, I didn't think it was happening from the first place. But to go on your topic about March, I don't think that's in jeopardy either. That's a long time from now. Yeah. Um, do either of you guys know if they're still discussing the idea of that March Madness bubble? So they yeah, are. It's all in Indiana. Mm, mm. Well, I, I mean, in that in that case, then I don't. Yeah, I don't. I see no reason why March Madness would be in danger. But um, yeah, once the weather starts to pick up a little bit, these SEC schools who have uh, have no familiarity with frigid cold will probably all get right back on the track. Hey, you could look at the bright side. Like this could be like I know it's sad for all the fans that 
we're not playing a game. But if you kind of look at it, it's like a good like chance for our players to rest. Like Jones, like we need him like as much as possible. So, I mean, it was great. Not great for us to have a postponed game, but hindsight, it's good for our team for rest wise. Very good point. Very, very good point. Uh, so moving past that, just because we had to talk about it with our game being postponed, we have some upsets to talk about. Uh, I believe you said this was last night. Georgia beats Missouri. Missouri on a three-game losing streak now. They beat us, and then they said, we're done. They they had all their energy for Alabama, and, man, they're losing it. I Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. We were their Super Bowl. We were their uh, finals, game seven. We were their uh, March Madness championship, whatever you want to call it. They played us like they were the best team, one of the best teams in the nation. And I think the realization that they are not is starting to become apparent. I mean, I'm also looking at the box score right now, and Missouri had 11 bench points. That's it. 11 and when any day you have that much production from your bench it's not going to be a day that you think you win a game nope. just 11 like that's just so little yeah. um yeah just like you guys said i think you're right i think they wanted to come out and beat alabama at the time um but what we've seen from missouri lately is not good and you know we'll, when we talk about bracketology shortly that's why they've slid down to, I believe it's a five seed now, which is just from where they were, like it's normally good, but just from where they were a week ago, two weeks ago, yeah. it's just ridiculous. Um, the second upset we wanted to talk about was Florida State beating Virginia. And I'm, I remember us talking about this game on the podcast probably about a week ago. We all knew this was going to be a big game, um, and it all—we all seemed like we all thought uh, Florida State might be a little bit better. I mean, this was a big game for Florida State. This we're playing number seven Virginia, and they—they they came to play. They had MJ Walker, who had seventeen off a of fifty percent shooting. That was a very solid game on his part. And looking at the box score like this again, um, their bench played very well. There was. None of them scored double digits, but if you look throughout the stat sheet, they all performed other than just scoring. Yeah, I mean, Florida State, wow. Um, A huge win for them really helps them in terms of ranking and kind of gives them a little glimmer of hope come March, gives them a little bit more of a reason to play for the rest of this month. Um, I mean, I'm not too concerned about Virginia in the long run. Um, I think they'll be – I think they'll be just fine come March, honestly. But this was, if anything, just a huge game for Florida, a huge game for Florida State. They really needed this one, and they needed to cement themselves further up in the rankings. I feel like people are sleeping on Florida State. They're twelve and three. Oh yeah, just just a little. Yeah. I mean, they secretly have a nice team. Like I wouldn't sleep on them at all. They, it, and it's not just they beat Virginia; they beat them by twenty-one, a convincing win. Yeah. So, I mean, Florida State may be slept on by a lot of people come March. That is definitely a team I'm trying to avoid come March. Speaking of that, let's talk a little bracketology and ranking. So, first, Alabama is now ranked eighth in the AP, uh, ninth in the coaches poll. 
Um, we had that midweek release last week of the committee um, putting out their, I think it was like top 16 seeds or something like that, um, ranking like the top one through two seeds. Um, we were in Gonzaga's bracket, which was unfortunate, but not good. Now looking at ESPN bracketology, we are now in Ohio State's bracket. So I just wanted you guys and and us to kind of break down what we were seeing here, what we thought, and kind of really start looking at games and seeing who can win these as we inch closer in March. I love it. I, uh, yeah, I like you guys. Oh, sorry. No, go for it. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I'm loving where we are right now. This this is the ideal region that we want to be in. Like I think like personally, there aren't many teams in this bracket that like that I think can really give us a run for our money. I mean Ohio State obviously. Like but I don't really see like a team like Missouri or West Virginia really giving us any sort of trouble come March and I'm really just I think this is where we need to be. I totally agree. Um, these other brackets, again, are just dominated by their one seeds, and the one seeds make it very, very, very frightening. Um, but uh, I, we discussed it before. Um, if Alabama can get to the one seed in Region 4, that would also be very I would, I would, I would appreciate that very much. I would actually like that so much. Going up against the 16th seed and James Madison uh, would, it would just be a happy day. Um, but overall, again, Region Four is the place we want to be, and it will be the easiest path towards a deep March Madness run. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with you. Like you said, I don't, man, I don't really see any teams in Region Four that are. I mean, West Virginia is quick and athletic, but I just think that Alabama is equally as quick and athletic. Um, and with West Virginia trying to press all game, I just think we're too fast, um, too athletic for them to defend us. You know, Texas is in there, who's always a scary team, but kind of on a downslide, much like most of the Big 12 as of late. So, and you got a couple sleepers in there, but Nothing compared to these other brackets. I mean, we we were in Gonzaga's bracket, which now has Houston in it, but that also has Iowa, which is a really fast and energetic team. Texas Tech and Macapong, LSU, we'd have to see again, and obviously Gonzaga being the best team in the country. So getting out of that bracket was huge. Um, I don't know what what do you guys think of some of the other regions, and who do you think? At looking at it right now, it's coming out of some of these other regions. Well, I think, I mean, uh, the next easiest bracket for a team to sneak their way out of has to be Region 3, mm-hmm. um, solely based on the fact that Gonzaga and Baylor are not in it. Um, I could totally see Villanova making a run, even though we all kind of have hold the same sentiment that Villanova is a little overrated. But I think they could make a run. Uh, Florida, even, they might be able to make a nice run. Um but ultimately, I don't see Michigan not making it out of Region 3. I would really like to see Oklahoma State give them a run for their money, though. I think Kate Cunningham, given the chance, could easily uh, give it to Michigan one seed. Well, that, that's kind of what I was about to say um, with Region 
three. Um, like you said, you see Villanova in Florida right there, and you're like, all right, there's those, you know, there's two teams that can give you a run for your money, um, make a run in the tournament. And then you go up to the three seed, and that's Oklahoma, who can give pretty much any team a run for their money every night. You got Purdue in there, uh, Drake, who's proven themselves this year, Florida, Florida State, State, who we just talked about, Creighton, who's starting to come into its own in the Big East. Uh, and then you said Oklahoma State with Kate Cunningham and then Michigan. So, you know, you know, Region 3 is – Region 3 gets sweaty really quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Region 3 is definitely made up of, like, more balanced teams throughout the uh, region as compared to, like, ours right now. But I'm re- – like, I can't complain where we are right now. If Like, I – I don't know if I consider this a hot take, but I I personally believe if we can rest our players like sort of enough, like if, if we're feeling good come March, I really believe if we stay in, in the Ohio State bracket, I really think we can be like an Elite Eight team, like or five, maybe even Final Four. I really can believe it. <laughs> like this team, like I haven't seen an Alabama team this good in like forever, like my whole life. Like, this is, like, I really – I think this is the year that we can do it, man. This is this is the year to do it, if anything. Yeah, I was, if there was ever a year, it would be this one. Just so long as you stay out of Region 1 or Region 2. Just – you just got to avoid it at all costs. I, I'm, I'm afraid of playing Gonzaga or Baylor. They're especially the powerhouses of college basketball right now. Especially Region 1 has Gonzaga, Houston – uh, LSU in there, USC, Texas Tech, Iowa, Region 2 has got Baylor, Illinois, Oregon, Arkansas, Virginia, Kansas, Tennessee. They've just got teams on teams all over the place in these top two regions. Um, but I think Region 3 is prime for a shakeup. I think Region 1 and 2, I think Gonzaga and Baylor will neatly uh, end the seasons of any other team that gets to the Elite Eight with them. But that's just my take. <laughs> I, I was just going to say it would be like so weird seeing us in Al- Alabama basketball in the final four. Just think about that. That is weird. That would be a sight. Yeah. That, an, an Alabama Oklahoma state uh, final four matchup would be fun. That like if we make the final four as, as a college student or a fan of Alabama, can you seriously ask anything else from the school? Because I, I think you can. <laughs> You can uh, triple crown. Oh, that baseball college world series. Are we thinking about that? The whispers have started. Triple crown. Alabama's turning into everything. You, we, (laughs) I mean, listen, listen, there's, we, we are right in the one, two, three seed area, right? Ever since 2000, other than that UConn team that everybody knows about in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Ones and twos. Ones and twos. Ones and two seats. That's it. This like, is what? We're in uh, that area. Dude, I really, I really want to see us do it so bad. This is, uh, this is, this would be just crazy if we get to the final, even Elite Eight, man. I'd be early. Yeah. But in early March, Madness upset would, Oh, it'd break me. But, but let's, yeah, let's not get too excited. We still got to get through the SEC tournament and one game the other rounds. One game at a time. That's right. That being said, 
We will be right back with Bama Baseline talking upcoming games from both tie teams and how we can continue this streak and get to March. So stick around. We'll be right back. The Capstone, 90.7 FM, WVUA. Welcome back to Bama Baseline, ladies and gentlemen. On this section, we're just going to be looking ahead for the next few games for women's and men's. Uh, let's start off by talking about the men's. Do you guys have any predictions for the upcoming games against Vandy and Arkansas? Well, I don't even want to – I don't want to beat around the bush. Um, Vanderbilt is not a good basketball team. Um, if we lost this game, I would truly, truly be shocked – uh, to my core, um, I expect a blowout. I expect a nasty blowout. I expect a rude interconference blowout. I don't expect us to play nice. I don't expect us to play soft. I expect us to run up the score and move on. Um, somewhere along the lines, 82, uh, 48. I don't think it'll be pretty. Ooh. We're playing at cold. Um, I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna entertain the idea that Vanderbilt could win this game. Yep. I like that. I'm about that. Um, yeah. 100% agree with that. But I'm going to go with it again. We're scoring in the hundreds again because for some reason when we play bad teams, we just like to say, watch us. Um, I don't know what happens. They must play like the Globetrotter music in Coleman after like the, after, like, the middle of the first half. I don't know. But – you're absolutely right, Jackson. Vanderbilt is not a good team. Um, they have some decent players that can show up in big times, but at the end of the day, Vanderbilt's not very good. And the way the trajectory that Alabama's on, you can't deny that they are the top, at the you know one of the ones at the top of college basketball, and they're going to continue this run. So, um, yeah, I agree with you, but I'm going to go one hundred and one. Let's defend one hundred and one sixty-five. Yeah, I mean, you guys. Hit it on the nail pretty much. I don't think this game's going to be close whatsoever, but I don't think it's going to – I think it'll be like a nice 20, 25-point victory, in my opinion, something around that. Um, I'm just hoping it's going to be a good game from everyone around. I hope we kill them enough to where we can just take out our starters again. That, especially after resting from Texas A&M, I think that would be huge for us going into – the SEC tournament. So I'm, I'm going to say like 93 to 71 specifically. I'm going to also throw out another prediction for this game. Remember a couple, like a week or two ago, we were talking about the JQ come out game. Like I'm going to drop yeah. there and show you what I can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. it's happening. Watch out. Set the alarms. Javon Quinori and Jelly Fam is coming out against Vanderbilt, and he's going to score, like, 25. I, 25? I'd, I would be – that would make my day. That would make my day. Jackson I, might not be on the podcast next week if it happens. Javon <laughs> has, on here. If he had a signature game, if he put his stamp on this team, on this program, by having a monster outing against one of the worst teams in the conference – I, uh, we would have to, we'd have to ask him to get on the show. We would have to. We would have to, man. That would be so sick. Oh yeah. To get him on here. What about Arkansas, guys? 
I was just moving on to what you guys thought about 24, four, currently 24th ranked Arkansas. Well, I mean, uh, Arkansas is, they're ranked, they're top 25. Um, so you certainly can't, uh, you can't brush them under the rug. You can't pretend like they're not there and you can't pretend like you're just going to run all over them. Uh, they play tough. They play hard. And assuming their game against Texas A&M on the 20th isn't postponed, they could be looking at rising up the rankings before playing Alabama. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh, number eight or number nine Alabama go up against the number uh, 18 or 16 Arkansas. Um, I think it's a game they're going to have to watch out for, especially because it's at Arkansas. But as evenly matched up as these two teams are, I, I'm hopeful Alabama can pull out the win. But I think the whole way down the stretch, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be hard fought. I think whoever wins the battle on the boards is going to end up winning the game. Um, you know, uh, I'm feeling Alabama by maybe two or three. I wouldn't be surprised if a game-winning shot won the game either, honestly. Write that down. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think Arkansas is a good team. I think they show up when they need to. I think they're a well-coached basketball team. Um, you know, it is going to be tough. I think it is going to be a challenge. But, uh, you know, I, I expect us to keep rolling after Randy. Um, I, I think it's going to be close, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like a nine-point game. Listen, Arkansas is good, and that's great, and they're ranked. But they did beat a Missouri team who, granted, beat us, but – or beat us. But – Use my grammar, but um, they're not playing well right now, uh, and that's kind of why Arkansas is ranked. So, although I will, I, I'll admit to the challenge. I think Alabama takes care of business again, um, and nine point game, sixty seven fifty. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, me personally for Arkansas game. <sighs> I think it'll be really close also. I mean, the last team we played in the 20s and we played away, we lost. So, I mean, I think Nate Oates has learned his lesson from the past two road losses between Oklahoma and Missouri. And I think he will get us ready. And he'll, he's learned from his mistakes. I think we'll win. But I think it'll be like a five-point victory. I think it'll be like 80-75. I don't think it'll be that high scoring. But I think it'll be involving a lot of defensive play. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I think. Uh, yeah, and our uh, women's are playing Florida for their next game. And what do you guys think? Um, listen, Florida is another one of those teams who's not that great in the SEC this year, not that great overall. Um, and with such a big win in the play by Jasmine Walker, I mean, I, I don't see why not. Like, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, this is going to start this whole snowball for both programs. So I don't, I don't see why Alabama wouldn't win this game. Uh, it's in Gainesville, but I don't, I don't see anything um, that's going to hinder them. I'm going 54, uh, 45. I'm like in nines tonight. Yeah, I do think uh, the women's team is going to carry over a lot of that momentum they built up during that really incredible game against Auburn. Um, I think they finally started to hit their stride after a rough four-game losing streak. Uh, Hopefully they can get back on track and right the ship and just continue to take care of business against Florida, Mississippi State, 
and maybe have a nice finish to the season against two potentially ranked teams in Texas A&M and Arkansas. But I think they take it one game at a time, and I think they take care of business at Florida uh, somewhere along the lines of 62-54. I also think it's another big game for Jasmine Walker. Um, yeah, you guys pretty much hit it on as you guys have all night, but, uh, I think for Florida, I think it's going to be important that we carry our, our momentum into this game and from Auburn. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I think bold take, bold take Jasmine Walker, 30 plus points, at least 30 plus points, write it down right now. I'm okay. saying that right now. Um, yeah, I mean, but key is carry over the momentum as long as they can shoot the ball well, drive well do everything well, pretty much they're on the way to victory. And um, they're play. They're also after Florida, they're playing Mississippi state to close out. Um, any thoughts on that game? Um, yeah. Again, an, another team in the SEC is not doing great right now. And another team that Alabama needs to beat and continue on this run. Um, it's, it's simple as that. You need to continue to win, take advantage of the wins that you should win and hopefully build that momentum uh, to get wins that you maybe didn't think you were going to get. So, I, I, again, same thing as the last game. I think Alabama is going to continue to roll. I think uh, our stars and Jasmine Walker, you know, they're going to take over and we're going to be fine. And we're going to win the next two games um, and really get on track here for the women. So, uh, for a score prediction, uh, that one's going to be a little more low scoring. I'm going to go 50-45. Yeah. I think I think you got it again. Um, I think Mississippi State's a huge game, honestly. I think it's much more important than the rankings of both teams will uh, give you the impression of. Um, th- this is huge. Mississippi State could be their last game against a non-ranked opponent. And assuming we get the win against Florida, getting a win against Mississippi State and then going on to play two ranked teams would be huge and could – you know, present an opportunity for a couple upsets late in the season. Um, again, I'm hopeful. I think Auburn was a real turning point for this team. I think they finally got all the pieces of the puzzle together. And I think after taking care of business against Florida, they come home and they handle Mississippi State. Um, 68-53. I don't think it's I don't think it's too too close. 15-point game, yeah. Um, I think these next two games are very important for our women's team to end off this season on a great note. This would be two big wins to end this year. I mean, um, as long as they do, like I said earlier, as long as they keep the momentum going, this would be pretty good end to this season. I don't really see them losing either of these next two games, really, off of that insane momentum, like Jackson said, from Auburn. I just don't really see them losing the next two games. As far as score prediction goes, um, I'll say I'll say like a low scoring game. I'll say like 65. Well, no, I'll say like 55, 49. Low scoring game, more defensive game. But yeah, I mean, do you guys have any other thoughts on men's or women's basketball? Let's keep rolling. I mean, yeah. Yep. Let's keep stacking. Rebound, keep stacking. rebound equals final four. Simple as that. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. That'll do it for this week's episode of Bama Baseline. We hope to see you next week and have a good week, everyone.